Hello, welcome to this week's episode. I feel like we should just dive right in. I know it's been a few weeks, a lot has been going on, and this episode is going to be full of some updates, announcements, news, and I just feel like life right now is cruising by so quickly, full of new, exciting monuments in my life that I like I want to share everything with you. Uh, I'll share as much as I can right now and then I'm going to save something a little sweet for me for later and then I'll not oh I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Hi welcome to this episode. Thanks for listening. It's one in the morning a typical recording time for me here in Minneapolis on a Thursday evening. So this episode will go out tomorrow and we have a lot to catch up on like I said. So As you can tell by the title of this podcast episode, um, I launched a website. I also feel like I haven't addressed OnlyFans taxes on the podcast yet, and I know a handful of you who listen are listening for the OnlyFans content, so I will talk about my experience filing taxes and all of that because um, I did that, and if you watched my YouTube video about it, it was a lot. So we're going to go over some details about filing taxes for OnlyFans for the first time this year. I also am starting the house process. I feel like I've kind of been in it for a while, but I finally got like approved and ready to go and we are out looking at houses actively trying to find my dream home. So a lot has been going on and then if you follow me on Instagram or Oh my gosh, if you follow me on TikTok, that is the platform. You guys have the actual tea. You've got, you got the, (laughs) you have like the footnotes of what has been going on in my life lately. And I, for some reason, feel the most comfortable on TikTok, probably because most of the people that view my TikToks, I don't know and they're not in my life. So I feel really safe sharing really personal parts of my life on TikTok and those that do have me on TikTok see that a lot has been going on lately in my personal life. There's been a lot of transformation, a lot of growth, a lot of acceptance and I am trying to find ways to share that throughout various platforms in ways that I am ready, if that makes sense. Um, We'll get into everything in this ep- in this like podcast episode, but that is a quick rundown of what's up. So I hope everything in your life is going well. Happy spring. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe that April is in a matter of days. I feel like March lasted for a second, which is so funny and slightly ironic because the last time we were in March, it lasted for a year. And now as we're back in March, it flew by so quickly. I can't believe that it's almost April, but I'm very excited because spring is here and it's just full of new beginnings, both personally for me and universally. So it's a wonderful time to be alive. It always is. Let's start with um, the website that I launched. So I definitely mentioned this here and there in a few YouTube videos back in January when the idea was really fresh and when I was full of excitement to start this project, um, it's no secret that platforms, social media platforms such as Instagram and Twitter is pretty accepting, but like Instagram definitely, TikTok and even YouTube now, I've had some issues with OnlyFans links on my YouTube videos, like in the description box, I've had some things flagged because I had um, an OnlyFans link, which is 
scary because that is new. It wasn't always like that on YouTube. Um, but it's no secret that social media platforms do not like OnlyFans and it was becoming a struggle for me to continue to talk to girls about OnlyFans, help them, and even do like promos and reviews for their OnlyFans, navigating it through Instagram DMs or Twitter. Um, I've moved most of it to my email, but you know, I really wanted to find a safe space for OnlyFans and a way where all of my information is easily accessible. Um, just because I get a lot of questions on Instagram or Twitter or trying to uh, run promos, it was getting really difficult when I didn't feel safe on the platform that I was using. So I wanted to create a hub for OnlyFans creators where they can find all of my own resources as well as tips and ways to help improve their own platform on OnlyFans. And the most exciting part is I really wanted to create a space where everyone can kind of talk to each other. You know, a lot of people will ask me on Instagram if I know of any other similar girls on OnlyFans to connect them to. And I know of a lot, but when someone asks me directly, I don't have like a username off of the top of my head where I can be like, yeah, she's awesome because it's mostly just everyone that follows me or people that watch my videos and it's hard for me to find a way to connect everyone. So I wanted to find a platform or, a, you know, give everyone that space where we can have those forums, where we can have those threads, we can talk to each other, we can help each other out. If somebody has a question that I don't always have the answer, but I know somebody on the platform probably does, or even just a brainstorming thread of where is everyone promoting? How are you guys growing your your um page? Where are you finding your fans? You know, so... I was most excited about creating those forums and having a space for all of the creators or members on my website to be able to talk to each other and connect with people who are doing what they're doing. And that was the most exciting part for me. Um, it took it took like months. Sorry, I just realized my sound is on on my laptop and I'm getting distracted. Um, it definitely took a lot longer than I expected to create a website, which I was definitely a bit... I wouldn't say naive. Um, I'd, I'd say manic <laughs> because when I get manic, which is part of my bipolar, I'm not just using that as like slang. Um, I can do the impossible. I can stay up all night and write a freaking novel. Uh, you go into such a weird trance almost where you have so much energy. You are so focused, so determined. The world is your oyster. Anything is possible and I can do it all. And it's... I... Personally, I, I love my bipolar and I've had, I don't know, like I've never really wanted to try to fix it or take mood stabilizers because when I go into this manic state, I am the most creative I've ever been and I get so much done. It's how I've had my publications published because back when I was 19 years old, I stayed up all night submitting this piece for our publication and it got accepted. Um, it's just, I don't know how to... I just, I feel like my best work comes out of these manic states, so why would I try to dull that down? This was a side tangent in itself, but basically, um, I thought it would take me a lot quicker to launch the website because I was going through a manic state, so I was able to get a lot of it completed right away. Um, something that kind of slowed down the process, which I am not complaining about at all because 
I am so happy with the result was I hired a graphic designer to help me out with all of the graphics that you see on my website, which side note, let me fully announce on the podcast in case you're curious. Um, the website that I launched is called the only creators club and it's for OnlyFans creators. Um, it's www.onlycreatorsclub.com. So definitely go join. It is a $10 membership to join, but that is just so that I can monitor the site. I don't want anyone to have just straight up access to it from Google or from my YouTube videos when I link it. I want to make sure that everyone is keeping it a safe space. So because of that, I did kind of want to just include members so that I can see who's on the site and make sure everyone is being respectful and decent human beings, you know? And then you... um. I tried really hard to make it as cheap as possible, $10 a month. That's like Spotify. It's like a Starbucks drink and a cake pop maybe Um, just because it is expensive to keep a website running. Um, I have to pay for the domain. I have to pay for the host site that I've used. I'm paying monthly fees to keep that website running. So it just kind of helps keep that going so that we can keep that space um, available to creators. Uh, But what I was saying is the reason that it took so long to launch is because I hired a graphic designer who is wonderful and I really, really love her work. Her Instagram is at um, katxneelart, K-A-T-X-N-E-A-L art, I believe. Um, And she was so prompt, so talented. She really helped me bring my vision to life. I sent over these like horribly sketched ideas of what I was looking for. And within hours, she was sending me back some sketches and asking what I wanted different or what colors to include. And it was just really wonderful. She was very quick about everything, but I did throw like four graphics at her and they were detailed and it was well worth the wait. So, and I totally told her too, like no rush, like take your time, like this you know, I'm still working on stuff on my end, so there is no deadline like you do you. So I also wanted to make sure I had a handful of blog posts ready to go on the on the platform as well or at the website because another feature on my site is a feed of blog posts that I'm posting because I feel like there are new up to like updates or news or things going on with OnlyFans happening like weekly, and I want to be able to give those articles to you, give you a heads up what's going on, whether it's drama, whether it's like, you know, how um, right now I would probably consider writing an article about the new updated terms of service that OnlyFans is releasing in April and why some creators are upset about this. Um, So I just want to be able to like post blogs about updates on OnlyFans that I wouldn't necessarily like make a full video on. Um, So right now I think there are about five blog posts posted And I wanted to make sure that I had some ready to go. So that kind of took the longest was writing these blog posts in advance so that I had them. Also, I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Like when I sat down in January and I was like, yeah, I'm going to make a website so that everyone who has an OnlyFans has this space. And I had this vision of what I wanted the site to be. I had no idea how to go from that idea in my head to an actual website, but I taught myself, you know, I remember coding at 16 years old on Tumblr so that I could modify the theme of my, like, are there any Tumblr girls listening that can, like, relate to this? Because I, I think it was to create the infinite 
scroll or I don't know what I was adding, but I was I remember Googling how to code different things so that I could modify my Tumblr and go into the HTML, I think that's what it was, um, part. So I just thought if I could do that at 16 so that my Tumblr looked the way I wanted, then I can figure out how to make a website. And it was a learning process for sure, and I made many mistakes along the way, but I gave myself time. I tested out the site so many times and I figured out everything. I mean, it took me a while to figure out how to put everything behind that paywall as well because for a second it was like not correlated. I don't know. But I figured it out and it's really like empowering in a way to realize that you were self-taught and self-made. And I think that's why I love my job so much of just being a content creator because you are doing everything for the most part you are you're like the talent you're the editor you're the director you're the writer you're like the graphic designer sometimes unless you hire somebody to do that for you like you're the the social media marketer like you are everything in one and right now i'm the web designer so it's really cool to be able to give myself these creative outlets and creative opportunities to stretch my skills and really test my limits and see what I can achieve and I achieved it. So because of that, you have a sense of this pride and proud feeling of accomplishment. Um, I mean, with any project, you see it and you're like, that's my baby. Like, I made that. I did that. And now it's out there in the world for you to see and hopefully love. And that is so exciting. So the Only Creators Club, it's out. It's a website. And I am so happy that it is finally here because I will be completely honest these last few weeks leading up to the the launch, I was slightly losing momentum. It's been three months I've been working on it, and it was so consuming that at this point, it's not like I was tired of it, but I spent so much time on it that, you know, I was ready to not to be done, but to complete it. I was ready And I started having doubts because I'd kept it to myself for so long and I just didn't know what was going to happen, Um, but I put money into it, so I knew that I had to post it. And even though I was doubting it, you know, I've had people in my life telling me, you have to do it, you have to, like, announce it, don't give up or whatever. So they held me accountable and I'm really glad that I listened to both them and myself and I put it out into the world because... You know, there are over 600 members at the moment, and I just cannot, like, that fact alone blows my mind. So, thank you to everyone who has signed up, who is part of this website platform to help, you know, the journey on OnlyFans and connect with other people. I am so happy that everyone loves it, and this is truly just the beginning. Like, I don't know where this will lead me, but I know this is the start of something exciting and yeah, I mean, check it out for yourself if you want. Onlycreatorsclub.com. It's lit. It's popping. It's fire. I don't know what is the current slang word to use because I'm old, but that's what's up right now. <laughs> uh, that was the big announcement this week as I launched my website, and I am excited for everyone to be part of it. It's 2021 is just, you know, getting bigger and better. And there are a lot of things going on this year that I can't wait to share with you. This year alone has just been the most transformative year of my life. 
and I wish I could say more about that at this time. Um, but I kind of want to keep it to myself a little bit to keep it safe, to keep to keep it sweet and protected. Um, but it's it's full of mini plot twists. I will say that. <laughs> uh, okay, let's transition to taxes because I realized I never really talked about it on this podcast, but I did upload my tax video about a month ago on YouTube where I vlogged the day that I paid my OnlyFans taxes for the first time since I got that question so many times this last year. And it was definitely a question that I had, you know, how will this affect my taxes? How do I pay them? How much am I going to end up owing if I do OnlyFans? You know, how do I even file that? And it was definitely a shock, but I was ready. I was prepared. So this year for taxes, I ended up going to a tax professional because I just knew I had so many various streams of revenue. I had so many random write-offs. I was, um, it was getting complicated and I wanted to make sure that I was kind of insured under a company in case I accidentally did anything wrong. I wanted to make sure I was doing everything correctly. So I went to see a professional to help me file all my taxes and it's hard for me to say exactly how much I owe just on OnlyFans alone. However, what ended up happening is, oh, I don't even know how to like summarize this. I mean, basically when you file for taxes with OnlyFans, for example, that's a 1099 INT, I believe. No, it wasn't a miscellaneous, but it was some sort of 1099 form that I cannot remember correctly right now. So I don't want to say, accidentally say the wrong name. Um, and with anything 1099, mostly, you end up paying taxes back because they were not taken out per paycheck the last year. So I was definitely ready and prepared and expecting to owe money back for taxes. Um, and the way that they decide how much you owe is what tax bracket or percent, I guess, you will be taxed overall for your annual income. And that depends on how much you actually ended up making. So with my tax bracket of the percent of like how much I would be taxed. I don't know. I'm not like a tax professional, so this might sound a little funny. I'm just trying my best. Um, I ended up making a decent amount of money. <laughs> it's it's like an awkward, I don't know. I Finances, it's subjective. So I made what I made this last year. And with that, I ended up being taxed pretty high. I had a really high percent of what I was being taxed um, it was about 30, it was over 30% of my income. I can't remember, honestly, if it was 32 or 34%, so I don't want to say the wrong one. It's late. It's 1.30 <laughs> in the morning. Um, so I was taxed a higher percent of my overall income, and then I ended up paying that. But I feel like the average person is taxed anywhere from 25% to about 30%. So, for example, if you made $100,000 in OnlyFans for the year, which is about what I made, you would be taxed anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $30,000, since that is about 25 to 30% of your income. So, just make sure that you were saving and putting that aside. Um, now, because OnlyFans was only one of a lot of different revenues that I was claiming on my taxes, the amount that I owed back 
in total is just a part of OnlyFans. It also includes YouTube and the promos that I do, Amazon affiliate links, DoorDash, like there were a lot of other miscellaneous um, revenues that I claimed leading to why I owed so much back in taxes. And, you know, if for some weird, like it feels weird almost to announce exactly how much I have to pay in taxes on the podcast, which is weird because I was very open about it in the YouTube video. But I guess if you want to know, go watch the video because for some reason right now I'm feeling shy. <laughs> um, but oh boy, I just... I don't even know what else to say. I guess for write-offs, since a lot of people had questions about what to write off for OnlyFans taxes, you can definitely write off anything that shows up like in the photos or videos that you post, any content that you post. If you are wearing anything, if you are using anything in the photos, um, I'm thinking like lingerie, underwear, bikini. If you have like a half an outfit on and you bought any of those pieces the year that you were filing those taxes, you can write that off as long as you kept the receipt. Make sure you have those um, and that you're tracking everything. Toys, you know, depending on your content, anything, props, whatever you're using in that photo, it is for business. You can write that off. You can write off your Wi-Fi. You can write off if you... Now, this is where it gets weird because the year before, I definitely wrote off a percentage of my rent as my home office, but my tax professional this year said I couldn't do that and that only if I owned the house and had a mortgage could I write off my mortgage as part of my home office. Look into that. I kind of think he was wrong, but I had to trust him. So if you own property and that's where you live, you can write off your mortgage, a percentage of it, because you're working out of your home. Um, I wrote off my phone that I bought this last year since I needed that to take content for OnlyFans. I wrote off... You can write off like a laptop that you bought or a tripod, ring lights, like anything of like that is totally something you can write off. You can write off like beauty stuff if you, uh, I don't know, nails, hair, lashes, anything like that. You can write that off. A um, lot of things that you can look into to write off when it comes to OnlyFans. As long as you can relate it back to OnlyFans as business, it's pretty easy to write that off. So definitely keep that in mind when you are creating content and keeping track of your receipts because that will make a big difference. It'll help you not have to pay as much back in taxes. Now, uh, something that I purposefully did this last year um, was making sure I didn't have too many write-offs, which you might be wondering why, because that means that I purposefully wanted to pay a lot in taxes. And that is because I was applying for a mortgage. And when you apply for a mortgage, the lenders that approve you for a loan, they don't look at how much you made before write-offs, like your gross income. They look at your net income after all the write-offs have been applied, and they can only assume that that total is how much you are earning. So if I wrote off a lot, anything and everything that I could, so that I had to pay as like the least amount possible for taxes, it's going to make me look broke. Like, it's going to make me look like I don't make a lot of money after I write off everything. So I tried really hard to have minimal write-offs so that the amount that I made last year was as high as possible so that when I applied for my mortgage, they would look at that number, see how much I was actually making, see that my business didn't have too many fees and that I was still profiting from my business and approve me for a high mortgage because there was this there, oh, oh, mm, 
I just realized that I almost spoiled a future video. <laughs> Dang, that was a close one. Um, because there was a number, I guess I should say, um, that I was hoping to get approved for for a mortgage. And that is that. Actually, should I? Yeah, this is tough when you have so many cross platforms that you're like sharing content on is what, where do I announce what? <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I mean, I guess I did get approved for a mortgage. So I filed my taxes last month in February. And then quickly after that, I applied for a mortgage, which took a while and not really. I mean, I waited a few weeks so I could pay off my taxes. And then I started applying for a mortgage probably early March. Yeah. Like first month, first week of March, probably. I got approved for a mortgage. Big deal. Very happy to get that kind of checked because it was a one of the bigger hurdles in this house buying process, and I did it. And so, since then, I've been approved to buy a house from a bank. So, I've been out looking at properties with my realtor and my mom, and it's been so exciting, so fun. We, oh, I don't, um, I can't say too much because I'm vlogging the whole experience. So, I kind of want the the video series to share the details about it and I don't want to jump too far ahead in the timeline right now but that has been going on and it's been really fun and you'll see that on my YouTube channel in a few weeks I believe so stay tuned make sure that you're subscribed over there uh, but yeah a lot has been going on and right now that's kind of what's up is I'm navigating running a website and working on creating that world for everyone and I'm currently searching for my dream home and trying to move. I am so ready to move out of this apartment. I love my space so much. I love my home. Like this apartment gave me everything and I have so many memories in here. It's a happy, happy place for me and I'm so, I am sad to leave. Um, but I know that I'm ready. I definitely feel like a plant that has outgrown its pot. Like my roots are getting too deep here or not even deep. They're getting, because there's no soil to like get deeper. It's just the roots are growing out of the pot right now and I, I need to stretch them out more. I need to find the next place I'm going to call home. Um, I'm just starting to feel like I no longer fit in this space. And it was everything I needed these last three years of my life. And I'm so grateful for that. But I know in my heart right now that I am ready and it's time to move on. A little backstory about this apartment and how I found it is, you know, I was 23 living in my parents' basement, um, a junior in college, um, and I just got a job at this restaurant, which was highly encouraged for my mom because I was taking full-time classes and it was really hard for me to earn income when I had classes from like 10 a.m. to 3.30, 4 p.m. and that was downtown Minneapolis and I had so much homework. It was really tough, but my mom definitely encouraged me to try to find a part-time job. She even told me, you know, if you get a job and you move out, I'll buy you a kitten. And I had just lost um, my childhood cat around that time. She was 17 years old and it was really, really hard. It was a hard ending, like a lot. I don't know. It was just sad. I mean, my pet died. It was sad. Um, the day that the cat... This is... I'm sorry. I don't know how we ended up here, but <laughs> we're here and I'm sharing the story. The day that we had to put my cat down, it was November 17th, 2017. 
and she was 17 years old. And 17 is my angel number. It's my lucky number. It's the day that I was born, you know? So it just felt so, like, not a coincidence. Like, it meant something. That day was also the day that I had my interview at a restaurant that I applied to the day before because my mom was telling me to get a job and I just felt really called to this restaurant. It was close to my house. Um, It was the only place I applied to. It just popped into my mind and I couldn't go with my mom to the vet to put down our cat Lizzie because I had this interview and it was really, really hard. I was crying in the car. I snapchatted something about it because I was literally sobbing walking into this interview and I had to put on a happy face, you know, get the job, which I did on the spot, which was wonderful. Um, it's just kind of like a weird memory. It's it's kind of funny. I mean, it's definitely dark, but it's just like timing and all that. Anyway, so I got this job at this restaurant and wow, who knew that restaurant would end up being family? Like everyone, oh, and that's so like, If you've ever worked in a restaurant, you understand it is family. Um, But that restaurant gave me everything. I got that job. And shortly after, I went out for drinks with a coworker and my manager at the time. Um, It was the first time I met her. So I was really nervous, but because of my social anxiety. But I am so glad that I took the risk, went out, got some drinks. It ended up being the night that changed my life because um, she was having... My manager was having roommate problems. Um, Her roommate was, like, calling her that night, and I just said something like, hey, if you're ever looking for a new roommate, like, let me know because I'm dying to get out of my parents' place, and I, you know, just got the job now so I can pay rent. And by the end of that night, we agreed to be roommates. It was kind of instant because I said that. I put it out into the universe, and she was like, oh, my gosh, really? Like, yes, let's do it. There's actually an empty unit, like, right above me. I'll text the landlord right now. And we secured the bag. We got the apartment. Like, it happened so fast. Um, And it was perfect. Uh, The apartment, like, it was in the same building that she already lived in. So she knew everything. And rent was so affordable. You are going to be shocked when I say this. But we have a two-bedroom apartment. Rent at the time was $9.50. And we split it. So I was paying $4.75 a month for rent, which was honestly perfect for me at the time when I was in college and only working part-time and really new to being completely financially independent and supporting myself like that on my own. So it was a really good stepping stone. That got me into this apartment building. It got me into this apartment with my roommate. And it was a great year. She ended up moving out a year later. Had nothing to do with me. Just, you know, life choices. I don't want to like share her personal stuff on here, but when that happened, I made the big decision to stay here. I considered, you know, I could get another roommate. I could find a one bedroom or a studio, um, but I knew I could stay here and I would try to make it work because at that time it would be a stretch. Um, I guess not really because I still had my restaurant job to like pay rent completely on my own. But it was a lot. You know, I suddenly had to pay twice as much for rent than I was used to. And unfortunately, the restaurant that I worked at shut down a few months later, which was a shock. And it put me at a really difficult decision as to what I was going to do. And that is when I decided to really chase social media. And just I was all in. I was like, this has to work because there is no other option. And I'm so grateful that it did. And I'm here. But 
yeah, like the way I found this apartment, it just feels like so meant to be because if I didn't get that job, if I didn't go out for drinks that one night, if I didn't meet my manager when I did and tell her, you know, like I need a roommate, like let me know, um, I would have nothing that I have right now if I didn't work at that one job, if I didn't take that opportunity or apply. And that's so crazy to me that that restaurant gave me everything in my life, but it did. And here I am. And that's why I'm so grateful for it. And I love this apartment space and I'm definitely leaving out a big chunk of it, but Hey, you know what? This is the breaking up podcast. So maybe I need to address it because this is supposed to be a dating podcast, but this apartment also gave me my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Because he was my landlord. He still is my landlord. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people know that, but then sometimes it'll come up on social media content and I realize that people don't know that or like new people don't really know that because we broke up a year ago, sort of, but then we didn't, but we did. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of new listeners, I'm sure, that don't know this backstory of, yeah, I, this is also how I met my previous boyfriend at the time. And it was, you know, it was fun. It was a good ride because we lived in the same place. So it was really convenient and it made me feel really safe in the apartments because I got all of the information from him and he, it was, you know, it. I just felt really safe because I was with the landlord and I knew the ins and outs of the apartments and I knew everything that was going on and he just was able to reassure me a lot. So not like my apartment isn't safe, like it definitely is, but I knew, like he helped me know everyone in the buildings, which was awesome. And it was just like a fun little bubble of my early 20s Um, and it was exciting, but it got complicated and there was always that what if, you know, you either, I mean, hey, let's be blunt here with anyone that you're dating. You're either going to get married and stay together forever or you're going to break up. And we had a lot of conflicting beliefs and conflicting things that we wanted in our later years in life that always held us back as a couple and prevented us from taking any steps forward, unfortunately. And because we lived in the same building for this whole time, It made breaking up that much more complicated because the second that one of us missed each other or regretted the decision, we were back hanging out because it was just too easy. And you see when they're home, you can see right into their windows, you can see their car. It's just, I don't like the word temptation because it's just like, it's not, it was, I mean, whatever. It was just the temptation was too strong and to ignore when you know that they're just chilling at home. And this, we both had moments of weakness um, with this. And that's why it was really hard for us to kind of really end it. And if you were around on my YouTube channel for like the years 2018, 2019, you know that we definitely like broke up and then got back together and broke up and got back together. And it was always on and off, on and off. And I struggled with what I would share on social media. I didn't want to say when we broke up because two weeks later I might post a picture of us out to eat. Or I didn't want to like announce that we got back together because we might get into a fight over something that we don't, like some big belief or issue going on in the world that we didn't agree with. And I would say it was a deal breaker or something. And then we wouldn't be speaking for a few weeks, but 
And then with COVID too, like the freaking bubble, you just were in each other's bubbles. So it was just really tough. But that is a big, big, big reason why I am so looking forward to moving out because I am ready and I have been ready for a long time. Um, Like I said, we broke up officially a year ago, over a year ago at this point. And I have just been so ready to close this chapter, move on, not have to coexist in the same place as my landlord, um, not have to communicate with him in terms of apartment issues or receive emails or texts from him regarding the apartment. And I am so excited for the day that I find my dream house so that I can text him and say, I am moving out. This is my 60-day notice. We are on good terms, but it's going to feel so good to say that. And I don't need to have to see his car drive by. I don't have to see him home. Like, I'm fine and I'm over it and it's whatever. But, you know, I could, I see it happening and I just think to myself, like, you know, I could go without having this in my daily life, you know? Especially when I have moved on and I am really happy right now and I want to be able to fully immerse myself into this next chapter of my life, yet I feel connected by like chains here. Like I feel tugged back and it's because of my living environment. And it's complicated because like I've said, I love where I live and this apartment means so much to me. Um, But I just, I'm almost 26. And I moved in here when I was 23, and I'm a very different person right now than when I moved in. And I'm just ready. I'm ready to be a homeowner, to move far, far away, to share a new space with new loved ones, and not have my past here with me anymore. So it's going to be a really good beginning. And there's no hate to this apartment. I actually wrote in my journal a list of everything that I'm going to miss about this place because... There are so many little details that I really love, like how every spring in my bedroom window, the backyard neighbors that I face, they blossom the most beautiful flowers that bloom for like a week in May. They're like cherry blossoms, I believe, of all these different colors in a row. And it's the most gorgeous sight of spring that I'm excited to witness one last time here. And, you know, I love... I don't know. I almost want to like whip out my journal and share this with you because for some reason I'm blanking on a few and there are some that are so personal I don't think I can share. But let's whip out the journal. We'll do a little reading on the podcast tonight because I was feeling very sad almost when I wrote out this list because I just realized how much I'm going to miss. But then next to the list I ended up writing out what I'm looking forward to as well. So I had, you know, what I'll miss about this apartment, but also the good that's coming, what I'm excited about. Let me see if I can find this list. It would have been written last summer in this journal. Hmm. Oh, I found it. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, I guess I wrote this in October. November, so a little more recent than I thought, but I just wrote out a list called what I'm going to miss about living at, oh, I guess I said the address, but living at my apartment. The spring flowers every year that, wow, English, I'm sorry, it's hard to read. The spring flowers every year out of my bedroom window, which I already mentioned, 
Oh, yes. The smell of bonfires in the fall. So it's slightly suburban where I live. It's definitely like on a busier. I, I don't want to. Is that too much information? It's in the city. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. I guess there are just a lot of residential areas close to where I live where in the fall time they always have bonfires going in the evenings and it's really it became a comfort to come home and smell smoke of a bonfire in the distance I'm going to miss that um I'm also going to miss I feel scared now to say some of these because I don't want it to be too obvious as to where I live maybe I'll have to come back to this when I do move so that I don't I don't have to be able um I don't have to be afraid yeah, I'll share. Okay, sorry. I'm just this was this part wasn't planned, so you can kind of tell I'm like st- uh, stuttering more. So I'm gonna have to skip skip some. Um, the evening sun turning my bedroom gold. So I have west facing windows in my bedroom, which is so amazing, and it's something that I'm actually looking for in my house now because I've realized it's what I, it's something that I want. Is I want to make sure I have a lot of west facing windows in my home because it's just so gorgeous in the evenings when the sun sets. I'm going to miss the bathroom tiles and the closet lining. Oh my gosh, these two details of my apartment everyone else would think is ugly because it's dated. It's from like the 80s. I have these ugly little bathroom tiles with the pastel colors, pink, green, and blue scattered amongst white tiles. And it's chaotic and funky and definitely old looking, but I love it. I think it's the cutest thing and it I don't know. It just makes me feel happy. So I'm going to miss that. And the closet wallpaper. When I moved in, my mom noticed it and said that she had the same lining in her closet in her 20s. And I mean, that just shows how old it is. But it's this design of like flowers and green like vines. And it's so cute. And it does remind me of my mother. And it's old and dated, but it's got character. I'm going to miss that. Um... I'm honestly going to miss hearing the the lawn being mowed in the summer, which, yes, my ex is the one who mows the lawn as a landlord, but it's that classic summer noise, and I would hear it every Saturday morning when he would mow the lawn. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to miss feeling safe and feeling part of something because I have grown to know everyone in this apartment building and I do feel part of a community so I'm really going to miss that and everyone here. I'm going to miss the way the carpet feels on the soles of my feet. It's typical apartment carpet. I mean like this apartment is not special. It's cheap. It's carpeted. If I were looking at apartments now and I saw photos of it I'd say it was ugly but at the time when I moved it was perfect. It was everything I needed you know. Um but I am, I'm going to miss the way the carpet feels because I know what it feels like. I don't know. It's just things, uh, I'll get more into it because there are so many other details I can't share, which I kind of forgot about when I whipped up my journal because it gives away too much of my location and it just has details of like, um, landmarks around me. And I realized it wouldn't be wise of me to say any of that, but I turn the page and I have the next list called what I'm looking forward to. And it's all the things that I know I will have in my home that I can focus on, like a balcony and a patio full of plants, a huge walk-in closet, hardwood floors, central air, a hot tub or a pool, 
more pets because if I buy a place, you know I'm getting another cat and maybe a dog. We'll see. A beautiful big kitchen. Putting my money toward a mortgage and investing into property because it hurts having to pay rent knowing that that money is just going into thin air. Honestly, it does. Um, Flipping, designing, and decorating. Oh, it's going to be so fun. My own garage and yard space. I have a parking spot outside right now. And in winter, especially here in Minnesota, I have that moment of like, oh, I cannot wait until I have a garage to keep my car in so that I won't have to stand out here in the cold, dusting off like feet of snow. My dream library room. Ever since I was little, like five, six, seven years old, I remember being excited to have a library in my home one day. I watched Beauty and the Beast and I wanted that. You know in um, Beauty and the Beast when the Beast takes Belle into the library and it's this giant room of just bookshelves and she is just in awe in heaven looking at all these books. I want to have that and I've always known that since I was a kid. So whether that's going to be the spare bedroom, a loft area, a room like a den, I don't know. I'm going to have a home library with all the books. And I have kept a lot of books from my childhood. I keep them for my home library someday. So it's just, oh, I can't wait. Um, I'm looking forward to being a homeowner, making new memories, not having to pay to do laundry. Oh, the day is close. I can feel it. And the last thing I have listed is a giant bathtub. I love taking baths, so I have a tiny little apartment tub right now, but someday I'm going to have a big-ass tub with jets, and it's going to be so nice, and I cannot wait. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what's been up in my life lately, um, for the most part, besides what I've already mentioned about being on TikTok, which, I mean, go look at it if you haven't yet, because that's all I can say, but I really want to say more. The thing is, I totally could, and I feel so comfortable sharing that part of my life, but I want to wait. I want to make it more um, synced, I guess, with my other platforms and give it some more time. I also want to make it like a full episode and not just something I'm throwing into the end of this one, but... I guess all I can say is that I never saw this coming this year. It was a big plot twist. It was something that I never really expected to happen because of a lot of personal reasons that I chose or did not choose or whatever to do, but I am genuinely the happiest I've ever been. I've never felt this way before. And it feels really, really good to finally be completely me and live that way and live, like, my truth and just do something for me for a change and be, like, it's so scary, but I'm just so flippin' excited and happy and giddy and everything. So it's really, really good. And that's why I keep saying the word transformation and how this year, let alone like this month, these last few months even, have been the biggest transformative months of my whole life and something that I never expected to pursue or accept or do. But I'm so happy that I did because 
it led me to a really, really, really great um, just space to be in. And that's where I am right now. And it's, it's the best. So, okay, we're getting to like pretty much an hour on this episode, so I'm ready to wrap it up. But thank you so much for listening, especially if you are still listening, because you kind of got the glimpse into what's been going on and what I'm kind of keeping to myself, but also so eager to share at the same time. Like literally tonight on Instagram, I gave, to me, it was a hint. I don't know how big of a hint, um, because I wanted to make sure it was subtle, but still a hint, but not obvious, but like a little bit. And if you knew, then like you knew, knew, but if you didn't, you probably wouldn't. I don't know. So I can tell that I'm just like dying to share something because of how I'm acting on social media. And that's why I posted what I did on Instagram tonight. So maybe this will help you out and give you that hint because I even posted on my Instagram story that the caption was an Easter egg. I feel like Taylor Swift. I feel because, you know, whenever she posts something on Instagram, everyone's like, this is a clue and they overanalyze it beyond belief like that's what I tried to do with my most recent post (laughs) which speaking of Taylor Swift dropped um you all over me from the vault tonight and I listened to that song for like two hours on repeat oh my god I feel like it's 2008 again, even though I know that that song was never, like, released back then, but just knowing it was part of, like, the Fearless era. Okay, I'm probably losing listeners now because you either love Taylor Swift or you don't, but thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to give this a five-star rating review. Follow the Instagram, breakingup underscore podcast. I need to be more active on there. I promise I will be, and... Make sure that you are following or subscribing this podcast on whatever platform that you are choosing to listen to it on, and I'll see you guys or hear you guys, listen to you guys, I guess, um, next week. Bye!